Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang on all the banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. We are the Hoosier Hysterics. Uh, we are the awkward Hoosier Hysterics. What's your name? I'm Eric. I'm Ward. And we're winging this, okay? So yeah. we're all going to do this together. Normally when we do this, we'll get prepped for guys like this over here. We'll do a bunches of hours of research and then try to ask them good questions. And so we already did that with both of these guys. So Yeah, now we, we do a bunch of research, and then we ask them, how much do you hate Purdue and Kentucky? <laughs> so that's what all the research goes into. But really what this was was us spending way too much time arguing with each other over text and phone calls and in person about the state of Indiana basketball. So we're like, let's do a podcast and try to make it healthy and productive. Uh, and here we are like five months later. Yeah, it's, it's neither healthy nor productive. No, but it's got us all together today. That's true. And whether, you know, and that's the thing, like Deuce was saying, uh, the ties that bind at IU. You can see these couple of players over here, AJ and Jared, they're still, they're still bound uh, Jessica and I, early days at IU and out here, working on projects together, us doing this now. So meet people here and, and, and figure out what you're both passionate about, and you could end up on a stage in front of 100 people. It's really exciting. <laughs> Should we introduce our, our guests? Absolutely. I have a quick question. How many people here were at IU when IU went to a national title game? Okay, I see some hands. I see some hands. Uh, I was not. Either was Ward. I was not. And the vast majority of this room was not. And nobody that's at the school right now will probably be. Uh, and it's what makes <laughs> these two guys so special and why we're so excited to have them here. And I also want to say they were the first two that did our podcast and kind of launched us into whatever it is we are right now. So we want to thank them. But we have two members of the 2002 National Title Game Run Team. Please give it up for Jared Jeffries and A.J. Moye. All right, boys. All right, boys. All right. Look at my homies. Guys, how are you? Living the dream. Oh, let's get some audio here. Uh, living the dream. Living the dream. Hey, living the dream. Let's quickly start with just a quick update on what is going on with each of you right now. AJ, why don't you start, because I know when I saw you here tonight, I said, how are you? And your first word response was tired. Yeah. But there's a good reason for that. Tell us uh, all why. Uh, well, um, me and my wife, Cynthia, that's Cynthia right there. Give it up for flat. Cynthia. Yep, Cynthia. And my, my wife. We just had a, a daughter on March 10th. Yeah. So nice. It's, it's been a lot of fun getting equipped uh, to that now. I'm recollecting it from my past experience with my daughter because I have a 16-year-old daughter as well. But uh, yeah, I've, I, have, I haven't really been sleeping, so I've been <laughs> might have slept probably 37 hours in the past month. So it's it's a lot of fun, but you know. That's good for us because it maybe means you'll say something that you shouldn't be saying. I probably will say a lot that I shouldn't good, be good. saying. Good, good. That's yeah. good for us. Yeah. Uh, and AJ, what are you doing? Give everybody an update on on what you're doing in the world of basketball right now. Well, in the world of basketball, I work at Mamba Sports Academy. That's Kobe Bryant's uh, little basketball facility he has. And um, he was a basketball player too, right? Yeah, Kobe. Kobe's a pretty cool dude. You know, we, me and him talked, and uh, I got to know him probably in the past 13, 14 months, and it's been real cool. But uh. I'm in charge of just working out basketball players, so from NBA to college to uh, the elite level high school, 
I do that, and then as well, I also I'm with West Coast Elite, and that's a, a, a Under Armour thing. I don't know how that works. You know, I'm with a Nike guy, and I'll go to Under Armour. But uh, and so we we've had like a, a lot of success. We've recently had two top ten uh, players that just played the McDonald's All American game. I exactly. hate to say it, but they're exactly. going to Arizona. But uh, <laughs> but uh, at least they're keeping it in the family. Yeah, yeah, but um. And then also I coached Oak Park High School, and um, I had three D1 players last year. And um, so got a lot of good ones coming up. So that's what I do. But uh, I love my wife. <laughs> that's it. Smart man, smart man. And Jared, how are you, man? Living the dream, like I said. I mean, What are you doing? Give everybody an update on what you're doing because I um, think it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I was really lucky, man, to play in the NBA for a while. Then I left and worked in the front office for an NBA and then get a phone call to become president of an eSports organization based out here and moved to L.A. I'm not going to lie, the traffic here, <laughs> disastrous. Yeah. I haven't seen AJ yet because the few times <laughs> that I've talked to him, I'm saying, like, hey, man, where are you? Yeah. Thousand Oaks. Yeah. Too, too far. Google Maps, yeah. two, and a half, two and a half hours. I said, nah, bro. I, I said, I'll just FaceTime you at the bar. We'll have a shot together then. It'll be yeah. a whole lot easier. But um, yeah, so I've been out here doing esports, and the learning curve has been amazing. I mean, I spent 23 years of my life doing basketball, loving basketball, and took a leap of faith on something new, and it's been incredible. Um, it's a new frontier. I'm sure a lot of you have relatives, kids, you know, people that are around and love video games and gaming. It's only getting bigger. Um, we, our company, we spent about $10 million on a franchise slot for a game called League of Legends. And, you know, we're looking at spending another $25 million on Call of Duty. So the money that's being put into esports is insane. And it just keeps getting bigger and better. Well, could you explain that a little bit more? Because I only learned more about that level of professional gaming player researching the interview with you. So just kind of <laughs> tell them what, what you do in terms of bringing in pro players. Um, I mean, obviously, part of the part, the biggest thing is knowing you're not smart enough. So I'm not smart enough to know everything about esports, but I have a bunch of kids around me that are, and they're anywhere from 21 to 26 years old. And they put together books, we put together decks, research, the analytics behind it, just like basketball. We go out, we make informed decisions. Um, we've made the playoffs three out of the last four seasons in league. Um, we made finals in Call of Duty, made finals in Gears of War. And so we have data behind everything and we just keep building bigger and bigger and better. And we try to just find the best way to put our gamers in a position to be seen as real athletes. And, and you're in charge of identifying who the best gamers are and bringing them to your team, much like a GM yeah. on an NBA team. Yeah, just like that. And we spend way too much money on it. <laughs> it is there an eSports league for Tetris? I can kick some ass on Tetris. <laughs> you know what's funny? You say that. Yeah, Tetris, no, I'm dead serious Tetris right now. just created like a 99-person game. Where and I gotta show it to you. I'll yeah, show it to you. Yeah, all right, yeah. I'm in. I got you. I got you. I got I, you. By the way, I suck at Tetris, <laughs> so I really stepped in it there. So listen, guys, you are legends of Indiana basketball. We don't have countless hours with you tonight, so we're gonna hit some highlights of your career. I want to take you back. I want to take you guys both back to Jared, your freshman year. AJ, you're there. Bobby Knight, Coach Bobby Knight has been fired from Indiana University. Can you please walk us through what was going on in those days? First of all, AJ cried. <laughs> I, I did. You did cry. I did. I did. I'm not going to lie. I cried, man. I was, I was sad, man. Bobby, Bobby was my boy. Man. I, I cried, too, and he I, wasn't my well, boy. I, just, I mean, I was sad. We walk, we walk into <laughs> walk into coach's house, and everybody cried. I said, why was everybody crying? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so then Coach wanted us all to transfer. Yeah. And AJ was like, I'll go. I said, no, sit down. You're not going nowhere. You're going to stay here. We're going to figure yeah. this out. I, I, I got to give Jared the credit. I don't. I, I believe that, like, if Jared Jeffries wasn't on that team, we, we don't go to the Final Four. We're not – there's no team. Because there's, like, eight of us that were going to leave. Dane Fife was going to leave. Jared Je – 
I'm not, no, not you. I mean, oh, Jeff. Jeff no, Newton. Jeff, Jeff he disappeared for like four days. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff holed up in some girl's apartment. With, yeah. I don't know where yeah, he was. Yeah. But I mean, everybody was in yeah. such disarray. Yeah. Um, the campus, it was chaos. Yeah. But, I mean, think honestly, you guys were all going to leave. I, I was until you spoke some sense into us. Now, Jared, why, why was it that you were so certain you did not want to leave? Was it because of your unbridled love of Indiana University? It, uh, deadly. It was. Honestly. Really? It was. I commit, yeah. I commit he to loved the, Indiana. I, I commit to the school, man. I, and, and I love Coach, and I, you know what he did for the school, no one can take away from him, but there's not one person, there's not one coach, not you know, one player, anybody that's bigger than that school and what it's, and what it's done for a community. Yep. Um, and, I mean, and, and except for Tim Priller, <laughs> Tim Priller was bigger than Indiana University basketball. Well, and as a reminder, Jared has the perspective of he was born and raised in Bloomington, yeah, yeah. so yeah, he, he is he's the yeah. real deal, yeah. born and raised. And and now, I mean, when we're talking about it, I think it's uh, appropriate. What was really emotional for me was seeing Bob Knight return to campus last my, week. Did my you? dad was at that. Funny story. My dad was at that game. And God bless my dad. You get a little bit older. About 78 years old this year. Real quick, just so everybody, so we're all working off the same thing here. This last weekend, yeah. Coach Knight was back <clears throat> in Bloomington on Indiana's campus for the first time in 19 years and went to an IU baseball game and got national attention. Was yeah. covered on ESPN, was was covered everywhere. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah, so my dad was there, and I called my dad, and we were talking about it. it was He was so excited. The coach was there. He spoke to coach for a second. And then as he's leaving the game, he backed into somebody in his pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> and my old man's the best. My old man, my old man goes, hey, I don't want to put this on insurance, so can you cover this for me? Say <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so yes, Tom, I can. I got you. Uh, AJ, can you talk about – you're from Atlanta. Yeah. And when we had you on the podcast uh, originally, you talked to us about how much you did love Coach Knight and you really uh, appreciated his discipline – disciplined approach to basketball but when did you fall in love with indiana university basketball was there a moment or something that you can pin your pin that on i'll be honest with you um i got i always liked coach knight i did but it's like i think it was it had to be like in september i got jared's number jared got my number and then when he, he called me or i called him and we ended up talking and he was like yo we need to go to indiana and I, I was in because I've been like, look, I'm gonna go with him. I, I'm gonna win a whole lot of games, so like, yeah, no, no doubt. So uh, it, it was like that, and um, it's like when when you're getting recruited, being recruited. I remember I talked with uh, Isaiah Thomas. I was fortunate, and then Allen Henderson. He was playing for the Hawks then, so he used to come to my high school games. I used to hang out with him, dude, sometimes. And it was real cool. And so I, I saw that the program was just bigger than just, you know, well, these four years were good. No, but it's a it's a kind of an eternal thing. So, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of it. What was your first memory of playing your first game at Assembly Hall? Depends on wh what game you're talking like. Because I remember the first game, I think we might have played South Alabama. But even the first game before that was like athletes in action, right? <laughs> right? Those don't, those don't yeah, count. yeah. But I remember, I remember the first game we played South Alabama, and the only reason why I remember it, it was a kid on South Alabama that was from like where I, where me and Newt grew up, and so I, I remember that game. But I just remember just being in Assembly Hall, like playing at Assembly Hall is there's no comparison. It's like there's no comparison in the world to it. Yeah. And uh, we we were blessed because every every uh, I think every game we we ever played in it was a sellout. So you're playing in front of a sellout crowd. The stadium goes straight up, and you're just like, you know. Have either one of you ever actually been to the balcony of Assembly Hall? Yeah. No. <laughs> it, it is Ward. It's Ward. terrifying. It, it is terrifying. the most terrifying, terrifying place on earth. Uh, it's well, terrifying. And, and I will <laughs> say, like, it's good to hear that from the players' perspective because uh. when the recruits show up for a Hoosier – Hoosier hysteria, whatever it is, we, we want them to have the impression you have on the floor, not the impression we have from the balcony, which yeah. is equal parts Agreed. terrifying and also frustrating because 
you know, the Jumbotron used to block yeah. some of the court. Yeah, I don't true. know how the new Jumbotron yeah. is. I mean, I, they don't I, have to worry about it. Nobody's going to the balcony. You're talking about it. You're talking about. Sorry, I kid, I kid, I kid. I know, I get it. The truth and comedy. You're, you're talking about a jumbotron. Like, there's no jumbotron. We, we were there. Was, I mean, it was like a. It was. It was like the old high school. The old high school scoreboard. Yeah. It was like old high school. Yeah. They put it. light put light bulbs in there yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, that was that's what it was when we were there because you know Coach Knight wasn't with the jumbotron stuff so it was, at all. Yeah. So in getting to know both of you a little bit over the last several months, I I can say and I think you both agree with this. You are very different personalities. The way oh, you approach everything. Yeah. Factual. Yes. Factual. <laughs> Do me. What was your first impression of AJ when you first got to know him? So, I find <laughs> I find such joy in practical jokes on people. That's what he does, man. I, he, he does. I, and I and I I don't know where this started and what it's from, but it makes it gives me such joy to like take somebody and like rig their door and waterfall on them or take a BB gun when they walk in the closet and shoot with a BB gun. He loves it. And I, and I shouldn't <laughs> be like that. And it, But I take such joy in it. So I'm not going to lie. I've terrorized AJ for most of his life. <laughs> I have. Hey. But he also does stuff like this. Quick story. This maniac locks his door. Our freshman year, we lived together. And he turns his music up. And it's so loud throughout the whole house. And I can't get the door undone. Bro, I went in this room. I kicked the door down and I flipped everything over. His radio, his bed, everything. I destroyed his whole room and I felt better internally. <laughs> I did. It was I cathartic. felt better. He goes, Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know, but I feel better now. And that was, and then my, the next year, my sophomore year, he, they were like, Let's all live together again. Nah. No. <laughs> nah. Well, I mean, that nah. didn't sound like a practical joke, that sounded like vandalism. <laughs> hey, it was dope well, to me. I laughed. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. What, what's a good What's a good joke you remember him playing on you? Uh, no, listen. This wasn't occasional. This was every day. Like, <laughs> like we, property destruction. Man, we, or no, like, it's not like property. But it's not like it's like property. He would leave. He would leave his radio on high. Yeah, I and would lock the door and leave. I would. I would. <laughs> I would. I, so what's worse? I, I was weird. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I get it now. Like yeah. it, it must be stopped. And why would you do that? <laughs> why would you do that? I, I was strange. Like he'll tell you. I was, was like you're not anymore. I'm still strange. Okay. But but, but, but do you remember the thought process? I'm gonna leave my room with the tunes all I the way up. No, I like I. I'll tell you this. I'm 30, 37. Yeah. Same age. Same yeah. Same age. age. Yeah. So. I think up until I was probably 29, I had no idea what I was doing with myself. <laughs> Factual. Yeah. <laughs> Factual. No so uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about some of your other teammates on that team because uh, I, I want to do kind of like a class yearbook. Let's do most annoying on that. George Leach. George Leach. What would George, George do? Leach. What was it what, about George what, specifically? What did he do? So we're flying somewhere for a tournament, and we have our training table at Red Lobster. <laughs> we are we are mid-flight, and he goes, um 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 um, I I, uh, I uh, think think I uh, I uh, I uh, left the crab in my room. <laughs> what? <laughs> we're gone for a week. Hey, bro, bro, he left. A whole thing of takeout red lobster <laughs> in his room as we're gone Bro. for the NIT for a week. Uh, and then I then I was like, you know what? That's not that worst, bad. Like, bro. it'd be a, not that bad. We get back, he bought a waterbed. Remember waterbeds? Yeah. yeah. George had a waterbed. That's a big waterbed. Well, we live in a townhouse. Yeah. So it's three stories. Mm -hmm. George's on the second story. The waterbed doesn't actually have the little bag to be a waterbed. It's just a frame. Yeah. So he would steal all of our comforters. Yeah. <laughs> and just sleep on the frame of the bed? Yeah. And comforters. Hey, but, st but steal our comforters. No waterbed. Yes. No waterbed. Okay, okay so who is, who is the craziest <laughs> teammate? Man, you don't, hey, you got to give it to Cove. Yes. Yeah, okay. Coverdale? A million percent. Coverdale's I thought insane. it'd be fine. No, Cove. Give us something. Give us a, a Coverdale story. Uh, yeah, okay, Sean yeah. Klein. Yeah, yeah, we got, yeah, we got, we had a lot of nuts on the team. Now wait, you got to give us something from Coverdale because we we yeah. talked to Coverdale recently, and I got no crazy vibes from him. So he was putting on a good face. Give us something on Coverdale. No crazy, but no crazy. Then you can't judge crazy. 
Fair enough. Do you have a story? Man, uh, like most of the yeah, most of the stories are covered. You just you just can't repeat them. Oh, perfect. That's perfect I mean, for our show. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, do I you mean, need a couple more shots to get this story out. What I mean, we got here? I mean, the, I just can't. Yeah, I mean the guy. <laughs> I mean the, the guy. Yeah. Listen, listen, the guy. <laughs> the guy was a legend, and he still is. Yeah, uh, hey, that's uh, that's all we can say. Enough about. said. Enough said. Uh, <laughs> you both have shared. Uh, Give us a little about Dane Fife. What was Dane like? Dane was crazy. A lot Dane, of crazy on this team. Dane had Dane had this look in his eye, yeah. like if everything was going terrible, yeah. and you scream, Dane, gotta do this, duh. Yeah, exactly. The eyes, and Dane wouldn't blink for ten minutes. Yeah, would not blink. <laughs> like this to him, and it just his eyes. I said, I said, oh AJ, he's not blinking right yeah. now. What do we do? And I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and it would be times that he just wouldn't blink. And, hey. and when we got to that point when he wouldn't blink. Anything might happen. Hey, JJ, listen. Ha, did you ever have to room with him? No, right? No. Yeah, so listen. Like, one time, I think we were playing Penn State or Minnesota or something like that. I had to room with him. Fife was insane, man. Like, Fife wouldn't sleep. So, Fife would be sleep like this. And you're looking. And I'm like, is he up? Is he this? And then he'd wake up sometimes and just jump on me. And, like, and, and then he always called people weird names. What name did he call you? He called everybody a, a name that no one called them. All right, I don't know about any man jumping on me in the middle of the night and call me weird names. <laughs> hey, listen. That's what, I, that's what I don't know about. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, he used to call me fish. You remember that? He, he did call you fish. He called me fish. He did call you fish. Why would you call me a fish? Uh, he just called me fish. And he, I remember I used to be asleep. And it'd be three in the morning. And he'd just be saying, come on, fish. Come on, fish. Get ready to play. And I'm like. Fife, it's three in the morning, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but it's hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What time is it? Three in the morning. So three in the morning. If we just take this out of context, another man was grabbing you, calling you fish. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, well, yeah. It doesn't sound great. Not, it's not it's a pretty picture. <laughs> that's that's yeah. not sound great. So we talked a little bit about how different you two are <clears throat> in, in personalities, and it made a really nice match. You both committed to play for Coach Knight. Mm -hmm. Coach Knight was replaced with Coach Mike Davis. I can't think of two people in the world more opposite and different than Coach Davis and Coach Knight. What, what was that like going from knowing you were going to play for the greatest coach in the history of the game to playing for a guy who had not coached at, at been a head coach at any Division I level and he is now supposed to lead you guys and your team through this just unbelievably stressful and anxiety-ridden season. I mean, the one thing I will say is that Coach Davis recruited most of us. Mm -hmm. So we had a relationship with him um, that we respected him until this one time. <laughs> <laughs> Scott May took one of the recruits. What was that kid, the light-skinned kid name from California, remember? Pegram. Pegram, bro. Yeah, Daryl Pegram. They go out, th they go out and they get drunk. They were at Sigma Nu. Mm -hmm. And they got, uh, they got an underage <laughs> drinking charge. Yeah. Bro, Coach Dave. Wait, 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 Scott May is with? with the not, not Scott May. No, 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 young Scott May. Scotty, Scotty May. Scotty May, Scotty May. Scotty May, Scotty May, Scotty May. Little Scotty May. Little Scotty May. So we couldn't go out because we had a game the next day. So we go, Scotty, yeah. take him out, like his recruit, do whatever. Yeah. They get in trouble. They came, I don't even remember. I don't know if they came to your house or my house looking for them. They came to my house. Bro. Yeah, they came to your house. Yeah. Coach Davis comes in. Go. I'm going to run y'all till y'all die. <laughs> till we die? <laughs> is, that a, is that a real statement? <laughs> bro, he made us run hey, and run. And dudes was cramping. Hey. People were passing out. I said, why would you do all that? <laughs> that, was, that was the point where they took me too far. I said, no more of that ever again, yeah. coach. Or I'm, I'm gone. I'm walking. I said, it was too far. But he, he really did a good job. He, um, the pressure that he was under. Um, from the whole state, from everybody, even for taking the job. I mean, and then like looking back on it now, we're like, "Yo, that's crazy." But like back then, we couldn't. We we were kids, you know what I mean. Yeah. And the, and the one person with like a worldview and a solid perspective was him, because yeah. he was he's from Bloomington. And he understands, you know, 
how how the game works and how you got to be prepared. But the rest of us, we were like, yo, what's wrong with him? You know what I mean? Well, did you feel at all because now you didn't have the intensity of Coach Knight as your coach, less pressure there, and then I would say less hey, hey, expectations. You better, you better tell him Dave is intense. Really? <laughs> Bro, Dave, hey. Dave said – Dave hey, said, about after he, that Kentucky he, game. No, he set, the, he set the mark. He set the mark from the absolute moment they took that job. Yeah, he killed us that day. That man, morning. Man, let me tell we're going to meet on the track tomorrow yeah. at 6 a.m. I yeah. said, what time is that? <laughs> 6 a.m.? Yeah. We get out there. It was us and the, Ar- on the Army ROTC. Yeah. <laughs> they, they doing jumping jacks. I'm like, wow, it's cold out here today. Woo. What we going to do, Coach? Hey, remember, remember he ran us until everybody quit. He ran us until the last man stopped running. And I don't know why you're not smarter when you're young and why we all just didn't quit after yeah, the first Yeah, we should have just quit after the first one, man. We should have quit after that first one. Remember when he tore his hamstring? <laughs> <laughs> when did he tear his hamstring? From coaching? <laughs> he was still kind of young then. He thought he could run. He thought he could run, man. It was free. Honestly, hey. it was freezing outside. <laughs> And he tried to do one of those two hundreds. Yeah. Oh, and pulled up like, oh, (laughs) ah. His whole back of his leg was perfect. Because he was trying to tell us like, oh, I can do it, and this, this, because we would, we would get hurt. Like some of us, we'd pull up, and we'd be like, hey, coach, it hurt. Oh, I can do it, and blah blah. blah. All right, (laughs) go on, go ahead. Here it was. (laughs) So let's move forward to one of the greatest highlights in the history of Indiana University basketball. Well, we were discussing it because we, we, we talked with Christian Watford lately. We were like, in terms of in our lifetimes, after we remember the Keith Smart shot, well, there's two other moments since that that stand out. In the, in, you know, there were a few, Kurt Haston, A.J. Guyton, but A.J.'s block, I mean, like, you know, honestly, that whole game obviously was as good as it's been for 30, 35 years. But you guys were a part of a hey, 24 and 15. Though. Yeah, but let's. I want to go back to a little moment before because we've talked to both of you separately about this game, and you have very different approaches to that game. <laughs> Indiana's the number five seed in the 2002 tournament. Yeah. We're playing Duke, number one seed and number one team in the country. No one expects Indiana to win. Future pros all over that. And Jared and AJ both approach that game with a mindset that couldn't be more different. AJ, when you're walking into that game, what is your mindset? I, like I didn't, I, like I said, I said that just Duke is not the University of Jesus Christ and the Twelve Disciples. <laughs> like, just Duke, it's just a name on the jersey. They got to put their pants on like me, one leg at a time. Got to tie their shoes. We're gonna beat them. But that's what I did. Right. I always did that. Jared, Jared. was the one that, that always had to go out there. He had to, he had to be on his game. So, Jared, what was your mindset going into that game? Well, the NBA draft's June 23rd, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess after this game, I, I'll go, I'll go fishing for, I'll go fishing for a while, and then yeah. declare for the draft. That's it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, so let's get but into the game. Y- a little. You find yourself being competitive in the game. No, 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 you're very nah, competitive. So, but I'm, I'm a real, I'm a realist. Yeah, I'm looking across right. there, and I'm like, yikes, man. Yeah. But even Jason, going into pro, halftime, leave here, pro. <laughs> what, what are you thinking at halftime? Because now, like, clearly you guys are in this game. Does your, does your mind shift to actually, like, well, we could win this? At halftime, we're down by 20. Well, it had to switch at some point. When, when does the flip switch I, that I, you guys are honestly, I think going pride, to win? I think our, our pride kicked in at halftime. Yeah. It was like, bro, yeah. let's not get drugged. Yeah, like, let's, exactly. Let's, let's try to at least make this respectable so we're not laughed at. And, and the thing <laughs> is, too, I, I know you can attest to this, too. When Jared Odell went out there and went like four for four or five for five, I was like, all right, let, let's, let, let's go out there and play because he I don't said, do that. I said the same thing. I said, <laughs> I go, who is this guy? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He did. Jared came out of that half and scored like four or five buckets consecutively. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and Duke starts to feel it a little bit. They get a little tight. They're Mm -hmm. turning the ball over at a crazy rate. Mm -hmm. And we start creeping back, creeping back. I will say this. One of the big parts about it, people don't, um, it's fan energy. That whole arena was cheering against Duke. Yeah. So the Kent State fans had filtered in. The Pitt fans had filtered in. All of our fans were there. And we had a huge fan base because it was Duke because it was so close to. And it was at Rupp. And I believe, yeah, the people at Kentucky, they don't like yeah. Duke. So, so there was yeah. a very small pocket of that gym that was actually cheering for Duke. 
So when we started coming back, that whole arena turned for us. So that's that's a huge part of it. All right, so now let's get to, we've talked to you about this before, AJ, but we got to talk about it again. Ward talked about it at the beginning, the block. Just, just walk us through the moments before, what you were thinking, what it felt like, and then Jared, I would love to know your perspective on it as well. So AJ, go for it. See, I, I think Jared was, like, rotating out on the top of the key. I don't know if he was on Dante Jones or Dunleavy or someone, but everyone was cross-switched on that play. So I saw Dane Fife was down there with Boozer, and I was kind of – I was – I might have been the next guy to rotate over or I might have been, like, maybe two guys over. But I said, I'm going to go up there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw him up. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't thinking screw him up either. I was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt him, you know what I mean? But then I jumped up in the air. And I was like, wow, I keep going up. <laughs> and I was, like, I, was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to keep going up. And then he went to dunk. And I'm like, well, I think if I keep going up, I might could try to block it. And then I blocked it. And then I lost my mind after that. I dropped <laughs> around like 20 times. I lost my mind. I didn't expect to do that. You know so, I mean? Jared, the, the point I saw you where I felt your adrenaline surge was 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 palpable on national TV was after the putback on the missed free throw. Yeah, I missed the free throw. Then JJ got the rebound and laid it up. And you start pump, you start going down the court. Your knees are pumping. You kind of look at the crowd and you're like, <gasps> you know what? You know what it is too. And I'll say this, man. My old man's the absolute best. I could have done anything my whole basketball career, and he'd be like. But like, I looked up in the stands and I always knew where my dad was sitting, and my dad was up cheering for me. And that was one of the things, like, I was like, I got this. Like, we got this now. Come on, man, never did stuff like that. He, he just, he was just there, and he was like, way to go, son. And, <laughs> That's but, who you're like, looking up yeah, at. Yeah, I was like, I'm oh, old man. And, like, the yeah. fact that he was hype and he was ready for us, that was a big yeah. deal for me. Oh, so cool. we got AJ with the block. We got Jared with the putback. We've got Coverdale making his first shot of the game. Yeah, that was crazy. After, after missing several, and he had a couple free throws and then made a shot post-up move. We've got this game in hand. It's over. We're up by four. We're going to the Elite Eight. We've got a road to the Final Four ahead of us. And then Jason Williams gets the ball at the top of the key on an offensive rebound and a scramble. And Dane Fife goes and uh, sumo belly flops him. Leg kicks him. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Sweep the leg. And, and how Sweep did, the leg. And, Jared, what were you thinking should happen after Dane did that? I told AJ, I told Newton, everybody, I said, listen, I said, bro, we're going to lose in overtime, all right? We, 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 we gave it all we had. I said, just hold the coaches back and everybody, and I'm going to kill Dana. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he said it. I swear to God, he said it. At the timeout, I said, I said honestly, Josh, I said, just lock, lock everybody out, hold the door, yeah. I'm beating the shot of him. Because <laughs> I was like, hey, why would you do that? Hey, everybody was mad. Hey, man, but, like, you know the thing that's hilarious? <clears throat> I didn't really see it until I saw the game. I didn't watch that game in like three three years afterwards. Yeah. Did you see Coach Davis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was losing his mind, man. He's like, what the f are you doing? <laughs> uh, it was it was a, it was those things. Oh, we had nothing left. Like yeah. that, that game went on for another. Nah, we'd have lost. We'd have lost. lost. No way we could have won. Yeah, nothing. we could have. No. Well, and Jerry, didn't you say that even affected you not rebounding? I was just sitting there like this game's over. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, get out of here. That's why I honestly didn't think about it. I didn't think about blocking out because I was. It was over. Like just to, to come back from 18 down yeah. against that team have, mm -hmm. and have a four point lead, so you outscore. The reigning national yeah. champions by 22 points in the uh, second half of a game, mm -hmm. and then nothing. No, <laughs> no, no. So, so you, what's it like? Are you done with the game? Because I want to know if any of you got to experience this. I didn't. I missed yours by a couple years. What's it like coming back to Bloomington, knowing you're going to the Final Four? Yikes! <laughs> that was crazy, wasn't, it? wasn't that crazy? That was crazy. Because from the time we got off the airplane, it was thousands of people. And then it was people just lying in the streets. Things are burning and there's signs. And we get, <laughs> hey, I literally, box. when we pull up to uh, Assembly Hall, no, no, we, got to, we got to Kilroy. Got to oh, Kilroy's. And Kilroy, we go. No, no, but remember, though, we went, we got, we got <laughs> out at Assembly Hall. Remember how crazy it was there? Yeah, but, 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 then, but then we ran to Donald Perry's truck yeah. and then we sprinted to Kilroy's. Hey. And I was like, I was like, this is it, because we were all young, yeah, and you weren't 21. We weren't 21, and I was like, we got this. Let's just all go to the bar. They can't touch us tonight, baby. They cannot touch us. 
they, but they did. They, they touched you. Not, they, they asked us nicely. They were like, you guys can't be here. You got to yeah, leave. Yeah, they said, they said it nicely, <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we got touched. Then, then what happened? Was it, wasn't it? Did you have to go to Tom's house or something? Where'd you take the party we went, after that? We went to Cubs' house. Cubs' house. I had no recollection. I do. Why is that, AJ? Why no recollection? <laughs> Who knows? I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but it, it was. I mean, even that whole week on campus and yeah, everything, was, and like the filming and the content that they build around you going into it, and the interviews. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think they do, they do a great job of right now. Is all the kids that are in the Final Four now, they get copies and they get videos of all of these things. How cool would it be if we could get like? I wish. You know what I mean? Like, I wish. I wish we because could. Because you want to be able to show how much goes into that week and to yeah. build those content, the lead up to it, the interviews. Because yeah. you're doing it three, four hours a day, from Wednesday all the way through um, to that Monday, and you're always doing something. And it's lost in our generation of you know videotapes, you know yeah. CDs. Now everything being in cloud-based systems, they can send it all to your school. Mm -hmm. um, so this generation of kid is really going to get to experience it at a high level because they get to see all the content. They're going to be able to capture it and have it for their kids going forward. Uh, this is an alumni event, so I have to ask, as, as alumni of Indiana, how often do people, alumni of Indiana or students that are there, how often do they contact you? Do they see you? Do they reach out to you in social media and talk about just what you meant to them as hey, basketball players? I'm going to say this because, you know, I was I'm, – I'm, I'm new to social media, like how it is now. Like I had like a, a Facebook back in college and then I deleted it. MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. <laughs> That's what I had. And I deleted it. Friendster? Any and Friendster accounts? Yeah, no, no Black Friendster. Planet. Yeah. No, no Black Planet. <laughs> yes, you did. No, never, never. Yes, never. you did. No, Jeff. Lies. No, Jeff. Okay. I did not. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, my wife, right, she got me hooked up on uh, – um, Instagram, because my work had an Instagram for me, and I, I it wasn't me, but they just said they were me, but it wasn't me. So I got, I got the password. So you were, you were a catfish? Yeah, they were cat, they were catfishing people. They were catfishing them good too. But uh, catfish. So my, my wife, See, that's why he called you fish. Uh, all comes back it was circle. A premonition. Full circle. Aha. But uh, yeah, so she got me hooked up on there, and and I'm telling you to this day. Someone from IU hits me up every day. I talk to them because, you know, I'm, I'm weird. I, like, I actually talk to the people. Factual. Yeah. yeah. He'll tell you that. I'm, 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 if you're going to say hello to me, then I'll say hello back. Well, I it mean, is how we started our relationship. You're yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, we started on Instagram. Yeah. It is Instagram. a weird thing yeah. to reach out to somebody via Instagram. Yeah. That is a weird way to start a relationship. You know, initially, I, I was scared of you. Really? Because you had the you had the uh, – the, the no profile picture, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you kept texting me, and I was like, okay, let me Google this. Yeah. I'll tell you who else doesn't like that I had the private profile. My girlfriend. She was not happy about that at all. We changed that. We changed that. Uh, okay, okay, so, so Jared, talk, talk a little bit about being an alumni and what, what that means and how people uh, interact with you from Indiana since your days playing. Um, it was cool because when I was still playing, most cities have alumni associations. Mm -hmm. So every time that you land in a city, you do a different alumni association. And I think that it's so, so important. Um, just a sense of community. Indiana as a whole, the only reason you go to IU and go to Bloomington is to go to a college town hey. and to have a sense of community from that college. So if you don't keep that going after you leave the school, why did you go there? You know, yeah. like go to NYU, go to yeah. UCLA, go to USC, go to, go to a city school. Yeah. But if you go to Bloomington, you're going there to be part of a college town or community that you can't get. I mean, there's a few schools like it, but nothing that replicates how great that town is. I'm telling yeah. you. Right. Yes, that deserves a round. Now, speaking of going back to that wonderful town where you were born and raised and you were an adopted Hoosier, you guys went back to games this year. Right, yeah. you you were back there with OG and Thomas Bryant was there at the same time. Yeah, you were. And, I and saw it on the. Uh, yeah, yeah and you, you were back at the Louisville game as yeah. we were, and something we've discussed with players from the different generations is that the fracturing that occurred post Coach Knight. So when we see you guys back there, and you're back there with Crean era guys, and you're all there at an Archie game, can we be optimistic that the maybe the program is starting to come back together? 
over the different eras and generations, or is that more just a coincidence? You guys were there at the same time. Uh, I don't know. It's, it may be a little bit of both, but uh, I will say this. Just knowing Archie and getting to know Archie, Archie cares, man. Like, he, he really does. Like, he, he really cares, and he really – uh. Like he really wants to 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 make uh, the program, make the people, make everyone proud, you know, and make everyone uh, hold their heads high and have that esteem and saying, "Yeah, I'm from Indiana University." So I do I, lo I do love that about Archie, but I just I don't know. It's it's weird nowadays, you know, because the kids that that social media man that thing makes them like desensitized to everything, <laughs> like you know what I mean. So, I don't know. The kids are just different nowadays, man. They're different. You mean the players on the team right now? Everyone, the whole world. No, I mean, <laughs> world. I mean, what, what is? Yeah, I mean, what it's going to come down to? The university has to really come back and embrace what Coach did. I think that they did such a terrible job when the breakup happened that they wanted to try to put everything Coach behind them. That's that's, that's not fair, that's man. Because that's what defines what the university is and what our school is, especially with the basketball program. So you know, somebody's going to have to step up. Um, well, you know, above the coaching department in the basketball program from a school level. And you do what, um, you know, Kansas does it, North Carolina does it, UCLA. Yep. You set aside 50 tickets per game for your alumni. Yep. And then, you know what I mean? And like yep. you do stuff like that, man. You set those tickets aside and you build programs and you do meet and greets around them. So, yeah, you get the tickets for free, but, you know, you have to be here at this time for this meet and greet. But now you're offering every former player a way to bring their family back and see the games. And that's that kind of stuff takes that much effort. Amen. Yeah. <coughs> so uh, I want to get I don't want to we're, we're running out of time a little bit. And I want to get to some questions. But before we do, and Ward brought us to the Archie era, I would be remiss if we didn't get your guys opinions. You were up close and personal to an Archie team. You saw the players We're in year two of the Archie era, finished year two. I think we can all agree it was a disappointing year at best. And what is your take on the current status of the program? What is your take on Archie as a coach? Are we in the right direction? Are we on the right path? And how long is it going to take us to get there? I, I think Archie, man, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if, if uh, they made it next year. You know, like I say, man, fantasy is a key. You know, when fantasy got hurt, man, we kind of it, – it got real ugly there for a second. And then he got – probably about 90% and then we probably went five and two, five and three down the stretch. So I, I really like that kid a lot, but I, I really feel like the kids, man, like I, I, I'm with Jared. I just feel there's a disconnect and I don't think they, I don't think the kids, like when we were coming up to play in Indiana, like that meant something. And like, so we, we played with, 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 with the, the ferocity and the, and the might and the will to win because we, you know, we saw, you know, Henderson do it. We saw Calvert Chaney do it. We saw Damon Bailey do it. We saw, you know, Alfred. We saw people before us do it. And um, I, like I said, I think that disconnect that the, the university might have put in there with Coach Knight, I think that might have severed it a little bit. But I don't, I don't know. It's like sitting behind the bench. Like I told you, I was behind the bench, and I know Jared was there too. It's like the, the kids, man, like some of them come out the game, and they're just like <laughs> – they're not cheering. <laughs> they're, not, they're not talking to their teammates. You're just like, yeah. Whose recruits were those? Could you tell? Could you tell if they were Archie recruits or just Coach Crean recruits? All of them? I'm not. I'm, I'm. <laughs> well, and yeah. everybody, like, puts pressure on, you know, kids being one and done. And yeah. It's hard when you get in between recruits. Yes. When you get recruits that yeah. think they could play in the NBA or afterwards. Yeah. Or they're not sure. Then you get a bunch of guys that – you have to get guys that want to be pros yeah. or guys that want to be four-year players and play hard for university. Like yeah. um, Josh's little brother, yeah. the little Robert, McRoberts yeah. kid. Yeah. Kid's awesome, man. He's that awesome. Kid, he that, is, that kid boy. came there, he played his heart out. You get enough kids like that that yeah. play hard, and then you mix in kids. Like for me, as much as I love Indiana, I love myself just as much. So yeah. I wanted to get myself yeah, yeah, out of yeah, Indiana yeah. and go play professional basketball. Yeah. So, like, I, that was my goal. And I was going to do whatever I could to get my team to a place, to get myself to a place to be able to play pro ball. You know, if you have guys that can't get to that level, that aren't good enough talent-wise, and they try to – they have false ambitions, exactly. it's really hard. Yeah. Like, really, really hard. 
Well, and you knew what you wanted and where you were going and how you're going to get there. Right. But I feel like we've seen over a few years of Indiana basketball lately players who want to get to where you were. Yeah. So they're taking too many three-point shots. That where I felt you were always playing yeah. for the best of the team, which also showcased your skills. But now it feels like, well, I'm going to go out here and get these shots because I want to be a stretch four and that's at the next level. And that's exactly what he's getting at. He's, he's saying that, you know, you, you, you have to have a healthy um, – dose of, of you know all right we got one or two maybe even three guys that hey they can make the jump in a, a year or two everybody else you have to play your role and you have to you know fill a void and the thing the one thing about it this year I was saying I was like man I don't know what is what you know you, you got people shooting threes that you know they they can't even shoot free throws and they're, <laughs> they're throwing up three pointers at the basket and I'm like what's going on here yeah. you know because if it was back in our day we did you know, we might have roughed you up in, in the back at halftime or maybe before the game, you know. Yeah. No, true. I mean, there are so many – I think that that's part of the rollover with – that it will take time with Archie is in basketball you have to have an, an identity. Mm -hmm. All right. As a player, you're a good defender. You're a good shooter. You know, you're a good rebounder. You're a great passer. As a player, you have an identity. A, every great coach – has to have the same thing. Coaches can't be in limbo. Coaches just can't be a coach. Are you a player coach? Are you a defensive coach? Are you an offensive coach? What are you? Are you are you coach with ATOs? Like Greg Popovich is probably the best ever at ATOs mm -hmm. at the timeouts. Like yeah. Greg can he can drop any play at the timeouts, but his players run through a wall for him. So he has that identity. You look at around at other guys who are just there and you know, they try really hard, they grind, they do that. So, you know, Archie, will f Archie, I think, is a player's coach that grinds. Yep. And I think that he has to get players that are willing to replicate that same thing that he wants to do. Do you think there's a lot of pressure? Because we, d we just saw a Final Four made up of teams that have identities, all from their head coaches. And we saw a championship game with Tony Bennett's Virginia against Chris Beard's Texas Tech. There, I think a lot of Indiana fans know Kyle Guy because he's from the state of Indiana. Mm -hmm. But... Casual basketball fans can't name a single player on either one of those teams. And we saw how good they were. At Indiana, you have the ability to get the Jared Jeffries of the world, the Romeo Langfords of the world. Does, that, does the pressure of having to try to get those players hurt in today's basketball what Archie needs to do as far as establishing an identity the way that the Beards and the Bruce Pearls and the Tony Bennett's have done at their schools? I mean, you're doing a one-off of this year. I mean, before this year, you look back, this game is still driven by stars. Whether it's college, whether it's NBA, mm -hmm. you have to have that star player. And that might, this year might have been a tilting point where it changes. But before that, I mean, you're always talking about one of those players being a, top, a locked top ten pick. Right. So you still need talent. And the way to identify talent is by NBA players. So this year could, this year could be an anomaly or it could be a tilting point. We'll see. So before we turn it over to questions – is Archie the guy that's going to get us back to our next Final Four since you guys played in 2002? I'm, I'm, I'm staying true to my uh, prediction. I'm saying yes. Yeah. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. I mean, that's I love him. I think he's great. Great. Cool. All right, let's open it up for some questions. Come Anybody? on up here to the stand, people. Yes. Come on up to the stand. Where's John Cohen? I know John Cohen. Hey, we got a question. winner. All right, here we go. All right, make sure you tell us your name and everything. What year you graduated? Uh, hi, my name is Brittany Paxman. Uh, I married into the Hoosier family. Ooh, fair. All totally right. Fair. That's good. That's a choice. That's a good choice. It's a good choice. And I'm from Texas, and so I've learned to love basketball. There it is. Oh. There it is. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, Echo Fox, and if you guys are interested or thinking about investing in Dota 2, and you guys don't have a Dota team, and we are big Dota fans. <laughs> That's so. funny. Um, so... Dota. This is a conversation for two people. This is a conversation. <laughs> nope. This is a conversation for all of you because this is where sports is going. Yes, we are. And um, we're talking to Jeremy Lin's J Storm um, organization about merging with them. So, yeah, we are. All right. Go Google thank Dota. Thank you. <laughs> Go Google Dota Google 2. Google Dota 2. Yeah, thank you. John Cohen? Oh, we got here? Please <coughs> come on up, sir. Hi, my name is Chan Yan, class of 2007. Um, I worked on League of Legends for five years as an engineer. So this is a question for Jared. 
And for those of you who say that it's a question <laughs> for two people. What the hell is going people, on here? Um, Dota and League of Legends have monthly active users exceeding 100 million, so it's not just two people. Exactly. But can you, can <laughs> you get some of them to listen Tell to this buddy. podcast? But anyway, um, I want to ask, in this age of analytics, where uh -huh. we are reducing the uh, skills of players down to uh, single integers, uh, yeah. for example, in League, we could reduce uh, skills easily to just one integer we call ELO. Yep. And that does a very good job of matchmaking similar skilled players. Yep. What do you think is the role of a GM to bring human insight? Jared, I got this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think that what you have to end up doing is whenever you have linear players, the biggest deciding factor across all, whether it's league, whether it's basketball, is the compatibility of the player. So analytics can take you to a certain point, but you have to spend so much time. So in league, I spend at least a week with every kid. Like, I, you know, I go to Seoul, and I spend at least a week with most of my players before I bring them over. I don't just do it. The same thing in basketball. Before we sign anybody or draft anybody, I would spend at least a week with them. So it has to be – the analytics is one thing, and it's so, so, so important. But if you don't have the personality traits that make you compatible with your teammates, it's not important enough. Thank you. Thank you. All right, John. This is not going to be about eSports. No, no, I, I have another – actually, I have an eSports question came to mind now that they're asking that. No. Sorry. I won't. This is per basketball. Uh, my name is John. Um, I graduated in 03, so I'm a year younger than both of you. Jared, I was in your music jazz class. I love that guy. That what was his name? Dr. Afro, Baker. Afro? Dr. Baker. Jared would be there every class. He never missed a class. He was like the first one there. Had like the, the backpack on and everything. Trapper keeper. Yep, that's you know? me. <laughs> I, Mr. I, Academia. Yeah, he showed up for his jazz that class. Was, <laughs> that was Ask him if he showed up for economics. It's part, uh, it's part of the degree. It's uh, part of the degree. Part, yeah. part of the schooling. I, I, I was such a, a star effer that I gave Jared answers to questions that he even asked for. <laughs> Thank God for you. <laughs> I helped him graduate. No, <laughs> anyway, so my question is, again, first of all, thank you for making my college experience so memorable, both of you. Um, I have to ask this. Uh, there's a million questions I can ask you, but I have to ask this one. Maryland game, if you could go back to the, to the, cha to the championship game against Maryland, what, what, would you do, what, would you, what would you do differently if there's one thing you could think of? I know it's, a, it's, all, it's all in hindsight, but. I might have, I might have tackled Juan Dixon <laughs> with eight minutes left. No, but I mean, I mean, I think we, I mean, I remember we had to leave with like 352 or 452. So I mean, it was just a game where it just they just made some unbelievable shots. Juan especially because we we had him on lock, and then he had like six or eight points down a little stretch. So I mean, that's a, it's a tough game, man. You know, it's a real tough game. And um, it's a game like we, I, I wish Coverdale wouldn't have hurt his ankle like he did. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, like it or not, he was a leader for us. And um, we had a lot of people kind of playing, you know, different positions, doing things. But, man, that, that game, that game, it hunts, it hunts me some, you know. You know, I mean, it, anytime you make it to a national championship, I mean, I think only like, 0.3% of the world gets to go to the national championship. So, you know, but uh I don't I don't I don't have any regrets cuz I I feel we all left it out there, you know. And and in the locker room after the game with the guys, I I know we all left it out there. I, I do want to just follow up on that cuz something you said to us before that has stuck with me in our first podcast interview. How much you love Indiana, how much it means to you. You told us that you had not been back to a game at, it, at Assembly Hall until this last year when you went to Louisville. And you said the reason for that was because it hurt you to think that you let down Hoosier Nation by not hanging another banner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cause, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm weird. I mean, Jared, Jared was in there a lot, too. Like, I remember the reason why I worked, like I worked, is because he was working. Like, I remember I'd get out of class sometimes, and, and he'd be in the gym. i say 10 times out of 10, he's in the gym already working. And so I work, and I remember, like, when I used to work out, I used to always just look up at the banners, and I'd see the five national championships, and on the other side, it'd be, like, the Big Ten titles. And I'd always, like, I want to put at least two Big Ten titles up there, and I want to at least get one. 
national championship, you know. And it was great going to the Final Four, but, you know, I really I really wanted a national championship. What about you on the Maryland game? Any thoughts? Probably just play faster. Yeah. I mean, I know so much about bas- so much more about basketball, exactly. you know, 20 years later. Yeah. That grind, slow down style doesn't work, man. Yeah. Like, you got to play faster, get shots up, move yeah. more. If we would have done yeah. that and we played faster, we would have mm-hmm. gave ourselves a chance. Um, I think that that's the biggest regret we had. I, going to that kind of low-scoring game, Mm-hmm. With, the t- with the disparity in talent level, I don't think we gave ourselves a real good chance. Yeah. Great. Yep. Anybody, who's next? Please, come on up. Hey, guys. My name's Ryan, uh, class of 2007, so right before you guys were there. Um, curious about your experience in Europe, AJ, and Jerry, your experience in the NBA. What advice you would give the current players based on kind of playing at the next level? I'd just say, um, like, it's a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know he can attest. It's a job, man. So you got to you gotta take it serious. Um, you got to take care of your body. You got to work, you know. And um, especially overseas, man, it's like if you don't produce, you, you, don't, you don't eat. Yeah. So, like, you go over there and you, you get zero and zero, like two games, you're, out, you're fired. So, um, you know, I, I, was, I was able to, to carve out a real good career overseas because, you know, I just kept improving and kept working. So, uh, but, you know, basketball, pro basketball is fun because, I mean, it, it's like a, a child's dream because, you know, all you got to do is wake up and play basketball and you get paid. You're like, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> so, you know, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Very cool. Sorry. <laughs> um, for me, all I can tell people is you got to love the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, ne- you've never gone through anything as hard as pro basketball because – in college, there is pressure, there is everything. When you're actually playing for your livelihood, and you're playing for not only your livelihood, but your family's livelihood, mm-hmm. nobody understands that. Because most of the time, when you're in your 20s, you leave college and you get a job, and you gradually build up your wealth, and then you go from there. No matter if it's Europe at a high level, NBA, you're thrust into a position where now you go to the head of your family, and you have to love the game. You have to love the game a whole lot because all the distractions that are going to come your way in those first couple of years is difficult. So as long as you love the game and you really love the purest form of basketball, it'll be okay. Awesome. I think thank we got guys. time for – thank you. I think we got time for one more if there's one more question. Please. Hi, uh, my name is Jesse, uh, class of any tw- uh, class of 2018. I can't believe you got to take that jazz class with Dr. Baker. I missed him by like a few years and I was like – Yeah, he's yes. a legend. Yeah. So I'm from New York, and uh, my family and I are big Knicks fans. So, Jared, I know you were on the team uh, during the Isaiah era. I was just wondering if you could walk me through what that season was like. Yikes. (laughs) I don't know if we've got time for all that. (laughs) I'll say this, man. If they ever allow you to do a tell-all book, (laughs) it would be a bestseller. Um, I can't. Isaiah is an amazing dude. The pressure that he was under in New York, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. If they even said his name, if they were like Isaiah, boo, Cannon, Isaiah Cannon, not Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I mean, the fans were on him. It was a hard, hard period for him. It was yeah. tough for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. Huh? Factual. <laughs> Factual. It'll get better, though. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, it has to. Can't get worse. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So, listen, uh, I, I want to wrap it up uh, with just a couple words. Uh, earlier tonight, I got to meet several of you out there. In fact, two of the people right here in the front I got to meet who are, they grew up in the region in Indiana, uh, went to the same high school as my father did uh, back in the late 60s. And I also got to meet the gentleman who just spoke right now and asked a question who just graduated in May. The beautiful thing about Indiana basketball is that it connects you no matter what your age is, no matter what year you graduated. We all share this bond. And we all know in this room that IU and IU basketball means more than just a game. And what AJ and Jared, you guys did at Indiana University to represent the school is the reason we're all here tonight. It's a huge part of the reason why we love IU. It's why Ward and I have decided to do a podcast together. We don't even like each other. It's all your fault, guys. (laughs) And I just wanted to say, for you guys to come out tonight in Los Angeles, in Santa Monica, make the trek out here, is such a great honor for us to be here. We can't thank you enough. I'm sure everybody agrees with me. Let's give a round of applause to our guests.
Ward, anything to go out on? That's it. Thanks, guys. Uh, you can listen to this episode uh, probably on Tuesday or something. Yeah, and make sure you check us out. We're the Hoosier Hysterics. We're on the Peegs podcast. Please go to Peegs.com. It's the best place to go for Indiana basketball news. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. 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 Hoos